Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in again live today. Uh, it's always appreciated. We always love, uh, love it when people tune into this. You are currently watching the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group here on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. This is a live stream started on March 19th at 1 p.m. And I'm your host, Jason Leeser. And if this is working for you, please let us know in the comments and in the chats. And please tag a friend who loves tattoos. And welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are all encouraged to join in these live streams, real world events, to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day and with your help have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of the app stores, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, as well as our Reinventing the Tattoo uh, YouTube channel, our Reinventing the Tattoo Roku channel, which has 12 to 15 episodes going at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as well as all of the major podcast directories such as Apple and Spotify. Or you can just search for Reinventing the Tattoo on your web browser, and you can find all of it there, except for the book. The book's out of print. I can't even get a copy of it, so good luck with that. Maybe eBay sometimes. But um, no matter where you wa are watching live or on demand, you can always get the latest and greatest, most up-to-date information all available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. We've got a number of different options for some samples. Um, you can try a sample webinar from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon. Uh, you can try out some free advice from Guy on personal goal setting. Or you can also take a look and maybe try out the comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown. Uh, you can also find a full event schedule with full weekly and special event live stream details all at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. Um, you can also find access to the Reinventing 24-7 channel, which is a lot like our Roku channel. It's got 13 different episodes playing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and a number of other professional development webinars from over 20 world-class tattooers, all available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. Once again, if this is working for you, please drop us a comment or a chat and please tag a friend who loves tattoos. You know, maybe it's someone who's interested in doing tattoos or maybe it's someone that already does them. Maybe they're just looking for another source of uh, tattoo information. Maybe they're looking to further their tattoo career. Well, this is always a great place to start. We've got a number of weekly staple episodes that we always encourage people to tune into. Starting on Sundays here at 1 p.m. with me, Jason Leeser, for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. And that's followed on Mondays with three different shows, starting at 9 a.m. with Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom, where we go through and discuss basic drawing techniques and strategies. Um, and we focus on different elements of art. It's absolutely phenomenal. Highly recommend you tune into it. That's Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Following that, Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, we have Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple, 
where we go through and we can kind of let loose and vent about some of the things that are bothering us. Following that, on Mondays at 9 p.m., we have a subscriber-exclusive drawing group with Sandy McAndrew from the Reinventing the Tattoo Network, where we go through, through and systematically cover different sections and different chapters in the Reinventing the Tattoo canon. Now, that is only available to people that are subscribers to the Reinventing the Tattoo Evolution course or have a yearly subscription to the Reinventing the Tattoo canon itself. So unless you've got a subscription to one of those, you're not really going to be able to access it, which stinks because it's absolutely awesome. Following that on, um, let's see, Wednesdays, we have the Tattoo Now show with Gabe Ripley. And on Thursdays at 6 p.m., capping off the week, we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Fawn Baker. It's absolutely awesome, by the way. Highly recommend you check that out. We'd like to go through and take a minute to thank some of our sponsors and some of the people that help make this show happen, starting off with WorldTattooEvents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. As we know, living in this post-pandemic world, certain tattoo events are still getting rescheduled like crazy. Um, so if you want the latest and greatest, most up-to-date information on tattoo events happening in the area of the world that you live in, or maybe it's an area of the world that you want to visit, take a look at worldtattooevents.com for the most up-to-date information on tattoo events everywhere. Next, we have tattoonow.com, technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattooers of all levels. They're constantly keeping everything upgraded and up to date. They're 100% competitive with any kind of CRM, mailing list, or scheduling software out there. So if you're really looking for a way to optimize the studio you work in, if you're really looking for a way to try to attract more of those clients that you really want to tattoo, that get the kind of work that you really want to do, TattooNow.com is the number one resource and place to go for how to make that happen. Reach out to them. I can guarantee you will not be disappointed with anything that they have going on. I highly recommend it. They have done wonders for myself and plenty of other people out there. And of course, this wouldn't be reinventing the tattoo without a very heartfelt and deep professional and personal thank you to the founder and inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo, Guy Itchison, who you can find at guyitchison.com. Uh, he is the founder and inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo. Go to guyitchison.com where you can pick up a copy of his biomech encyclopedias, some of his fine art prints. Sometimes he's got some original oil paintings for sale up there too. You never really know unless you go and you check it out at guyitchison.com. Would also like to uh, say a very personal, heartfelt thank you to two of our affiliates and two people that really helped drive me to be a better tattoo artist. Uh, the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols, absolutely amazing resource for people out there looking to become a tattoo apprentice and don't really quite know what to expect. Take a look at the Apprenticeship Diaries. Uh, Amy Nichols has gone through and done amazing interviews with a lot of different professional people in different areas and different industries about what it's like to be an apprentice. Also, I would like to say a very personal thank you to Jake Meeks over at the Fireside Tattoo Network. Absolutely awesome source of information. He's got some 
incredible videos and some absolutely stunning interviews that he has done with top-notch tattoo artists all over the world. Go take a look at the Fireside Tattoo Network. And last but definitely not least, very personal shout out and thank you to Tatcom and Aaron Williams, the mad scientist. Um, you guys absolutely rock. Tatcom is helping to forge a path into the science of tattooing. And they're helping to create tools that tattooers can use on a daily basis that can help them really go through and really, you know, absolutely master what they are doing. So if you're looking for the latest tattoo technology to really help you apply better tattoos, take a look at Tatcom. These guys are seriously obsessed with tattoo technology. So take a look at that for sure. As always, uh, we ask that if you like today's episode, please go through and post a positive review, positive review on our channel. Help us get the word out. If you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event, become a sponsor of our community, or maybe you're just looking for a fine art or a tattoo critique, you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com and we will get back to you just as soon as we can kind of wraps up the intro and we've got a number of different people uh waiting for us today i think i saw seth mushrush was in the waiting room um don't know if he's still there or not we've got patrick mckay with us uh, let's save that you just always say my last name wrong dude mackie i'm sorry dude <laughs> i'm so sorry man but you're good. It's easy to mix up, honestly. It look it's a very deceiving last name. It it is. I'm starting to notice that. It is very deceiving. And let's see, we've got Seth with us today. How's it going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close. No. Uh and Seth just joined us, although he's not on video just yet. What's up, guys? What's up, Seth? What's going on, dude? Hey there. That thing is looking badass. Yeah, buddy. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you, dude. I've gotten a little bit further over the past few weeks, and now I'm like reworking wow. the little piggy at the bottom. We've got yeah. a couple of people that have joined us on the YouTube as well. We've got David Brown. Uh, what's up? What's up? And Kyle Olson. How's it going, bud? Kyle, Amber's back in the studio. Yes, Amber is back in the studio. Amber, we hope you're doing a lot better. Oh, I am. Thank you Good. so much. And I appreciate all your well wishes and everything. They really did help. Awesome. I am all mended up. So I am actually working on something that I will be going through and finishing up at the Skindustry Expo in Allentown, Pennsylvania, coming up this coming weekend. Um, I always like to go through and kind of just do a little bit of a rough, um, just like a little bit of a rough value study. Got some dotted lines there that I used for my stencil. So I'm just getting rid of those real quick. I thought I had a version without them, but uh, apparently I do not. Awesome. 
Yeah, I do like to do a little bit of a, um, as I said, a value study, um, just to like basically lay out my highlights, my shadows, where certain areas are, what I want to go where, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so I think that's what I'm going to be working on a little bit today, just in preparation for, for the show coming up. Did you already outline it? Yeah, everything's already outlined, um, which, you know, I thought I was going to be working on it a bit more uh, when I was down at the Philadelphia show because we started it down there. Uh, oh, is it on your buddy? Mm -hmm. It's on a friend of mine named Patrick, uh, Patrick Schmidt. Um, he's like, seriously, he's like a brother to me. Um, this dude single-handedly helped me survive COVID, uh, you know, and all this other stuff. Like he was, he is a patron of the arts to say the least. Um, he is an absolute human being with like a limitless potential. Um, I've done a full sleeve on him. Well, two full sleeves on him. Uh, one single chest plate on his left side. There was a painting that his grandfather did. And um, now we're working on a chest plate on his right side to kind of go into this big dragon sleeve that we started on him. Um, so it's going to be awesome to see everything kind of like finished up. Uh, and he booked out all day Friday. So that should be a fun time. Uh, once again, start that show. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really have too much else booked for that show. And I'll give you guys a preview of some of the flash designs I will have available in just a second. So if anyone's looking to get tattooed and you want something awesome and in color, come and see me at the skin industry expo. Um, <laughs> it is going to be absolutely awesome. Got a whole bunch of new designs that I'm bringing with me. Uh, things like this little Luna moth design. Oh, wow. You know, be perfect for like an outer arm half sleeve or like, you know, a thigh piece, a shin piece would be pretty cool with it. Um, even like a forearm piece, but I'd have to shrink it and get rid of some of the detail. Uh, I've got a candle burning at both ends with like toxic green flames, right? Because who doesn't nice. like super bright colors, right? Um, and if no one takes that double-sided candle, my coworker already volunteered to get it done. I got another like neo-trad kind of like leaf or uh, feather thing going on. That'll be coming with me too. Um, that should be really cool for well, like a mental. I really like the, uh, the muted yellow and bronze tones next to these very bright teals. Um, just yeah, looks yeah. so nice. Uh, let's see. I've got this little bird that I drew up. Kind of like a different so take on a sparrow. Like nice. That. Yeah, a little bit of a different take. You know, nothing crazy. You know, that one I could do fairly small. So that one could be fun. I'm also working on a, um, a Ouija board pancetta. I think that's how you say it. Planchet. Nice. Planchet. Uh, with like a bat. A little curled up bat. Oh, that looks so cool. I think that would be pretty cool. Like, even if you did yeah. it upside down, I'm going to put like the, um, the circle in it. Right. Let's move my line drawing to the it's top. It's like a flying fox. Right. Yeah, I wanted to do a fruit bat. I've done some with like vampire bats before, 
Um, but I wanted to do something a little bit nicer and a little bit kind of like softer, a little bit less edgy, um, just yeah. because I kind of like it. Um, thought it would be a little bit of a different twist. So I've got something like that I'm working on as well. Um, just I was just working on this guy the other day, finishing up a color version of this. Um, I might actually end up making prints of this. Uh, so, yeah, be on the lookout for a whole bunch of smaller prints for this guy. Hey, that um, uh, the bat that you had up there, are you going to do, uh, would you do the lines, like um, the outline of that, the Ouija board thing, uh, would you do those in, in that lavender purple color? Because I kind of like that effect of like, you know, where the bat I could. is its own image. And then that's like, over time. it's just wild looking because they're, recognizable like everybody kind of knows what that is you know that right right disc in the middle but not have it like interrupted by anything it's pretty wild yeah you know just keeping like that purple. basic shape there um without yeah. really doing like a hard bold perimeter line just yeah, using the shape to create the outline oh no i mean like doing the using the purple that you have laid out there like a double line purple and then the purple uh line in the middle for the window it's just in it yeah like straight up like that like i mean where the back goes over the double line, maybe crop it to the inside of the heart. But it's just interesting. Like to, if you just had, yeah, there you go. Lighten that part up. Yeah. That looks fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Definitely be different. Um, yeah. I was actually oh, yeah. thinking about filling in to this interior perimeter line with like um, a black, you yeah. know, even if it was just, you know, something subtle, like, um, charcoal gray. Filling, yeah like even just like a charcoal gray granted i'm just like sketching it in now but just to give me yeah, some that of that great. nice definitive shape on the interior sure and then leaving basically nothing in between that inner line and the outer line could do something like that yeah that's crazy awesome put it up get it out there oh i am dude i am i got all kinds of like little stuff though you know, like little flowers. I got this um, this honeybee that I drew up a while ago. I'll probably be that bringing that tough. with me. That, um, that would tough. have to be done at such a size, though, that like that that would probably take me a few hours. Um, I went back through and revamped a couple of designs. This guy will be up for grabs. Uh, little peony flowers and stuff like that. Some cherry blossoms. Uh, if I have time, I'm going to work on a chrysanthemum, like a nice size chrysanthemum. Already started sketching one out. Cool. You know, just to like, I like mums. I like the way that they flow and you can get the petals to flow in any direction you want. So I've been trying to play around with that a little bit. Um, and you know me, I, I'm very inspired by my buddy Fibs, um, who's the chrysanthemum king. So yeah, that dude's stuff is super sick. Yeah, let's let's pull up his stuff and we'll see uh kind of what he's been doing lately. Let's take a look here. Let's see. Yeah, just his layout in general is just fascinating, you know. Um his mindset is just, is, he's on a totally different level, you know? Um, 
and you know having gotten to talk to him a bit uh at a couple of different shows and you know obviously staying in touch with him uh over the years after he's tattooed me and he tattooed the hell out of me um you know it's just he's just an awesome dude but like understanding his mindset is and like where he's going and what he's trying to focus on is just it's it's another level of thinking about things you know let's see if i can find him for some reason he's not popping up I saw Amber had she working on. I am painting some flash art. Nice. I did a flash sheet of a bunch of different bottles and now I'm just watercoloring them in. Awesome. Those leaves are great. Thank you. Yeah. The way they move. I've been meaning to work on this sheet for weeks. I've just been putting it off. What kind of watercolors are you using there? Um, hold on one second. That's too much water. Um, they're Aristo. Aristo watercolors. Artisto. Sorry. Oh, I always Artisto. pronounce it wrong. Like those little cases are very convenient traveling. Uh, yes, it's even got a little thumb thing on the bottom that I can just hook it on. Nice. Yeah, it goes everywhere with me. So this is one of my uh, favorite pieces that I got to watch Fibs do. Um, let's share screen. Share. So I watched, uh, this was a collaborative piece done by Fibs and Jay Marceau uh, from Canada. And I got to watch them knock it all out, start to finish in two days. And all of the, no, but that's something that, you know, I think a lot of artists and it's something I got to talk to Fibs a lot about was, um, you know, I, I noticed a lot of what he was doing over since like, quarantine and COVID, I noticed a lot of it had changed um, and changed very drastically, you know, and I wanted to kind of understand what was it that he was really trying to focus on now, um, because everything he did went from very subtle to crazy bold, yeah. you know, like overnight. And it's like, you know, he's posting up a lot of stuff now that's got so much super dark, saturated black. And, you know, talking to him about it, he's like, yeah, think about contrast, right? What were some of the most high contrast designs that were ever created? He's like tribal, right? Because it's black and skin tone, right? And it stood out and it held over time and it was there and it stuck out like a sore thumb because of how dark that contrast was. He's like, so I'm trying to pump more areas of solid black that flow in accordance with the human body, you know, 
And he's like, and it's, it's just doing so well over time. Um, so he's really focusing on contrast. He's really focusing on flow and fit. He's really focusing on, you know, like you don't see any, like hardly any light grays in here. You might see a couple of little spots of it, but a lot of it's just black and skin tone. You know, he's not going over the top with like value or shading or depth. He's allowing the body to create that using natural shadows that are created by these different muscle groups. And I think it's absolutely fascinating. You know, even stuff like this sleeve. Um, you know, it's like there's hardly any value in the chrysanthemum petals themselves. You know, there's a little bit here and a little bit there, but most of it is just line and then black background with a couple of little accent skin tone lines to help move your eye around the piece. Looks like he's got a couple of little white spots in there, but that's pretty much it. Skin tone and black. And it's super dynamic. You'd be able to see what that thing is from across the fucking street, too. Absolutely. Exactly. You know, big shapes, um, big shapes, high contrast. Uh, hopefully none of these pictures get the um, the live stream pulled. But, um, you know, here he uses a bit more like mid-tone and light gray value. But you still see a lot of that very, very bold, super dark mixed with very light skin tone. Uh, and it really, really brings the contrast forward. You know, even looking at stuff like this, you know, look at how he uses his line and negative space to create these shapes in a super high contrast fashion. You know, overlapping elements, creating tiny little bits of like a little bit of a drop shadow, but a lot of it is just super bold, super dark, and you know it's going to be there and look just like that for the rest of the time. You know, uh, and it's that's all in contrast. You know, contrast is key. It absolutely is key. You know, even things such as like straight lines, which can kind of be a pain sometimes. Um, you know, he's using a lot of like straight visual lines to help contrast out a lot of other wavy lines, you know, so really focusing on more like geometric and visual lines of interest. So it's absolutely fascinating. Another person whose work that I've really been loving lately is uh, come on, pop up. Where are you? There we go. Christina Christie. And I always rave about Christina's work. Um, 
and she's such a sweetheart too. She really is. But her use of muted tones and contour lines are absolutely fantastic. I mean, just if you zoom in on any of her pieces, look at the contour lines that she's including. They're very, very subtle. But look at the contour lines being used in the face, the neck, um, even certain parts of the body, the hands, you know, very muted color palettes with like certain bright colors. Very much like uh, inspired by Adrian Lee. Yes, very much. Um, you know, but I, I really like her use of contour line and having gotten a chance to talk to her before on a private Zoom call uh, was fascinating because, you know, and I think I've mentioned this in previous episodes, she's planning for her tattoos to look exactly the way they do 60 years down the road. You know, she's not really, you know, planning for the short term. She's not like, oh, well, if it needs a touch up in 20 years you know, whatever. She's like, no, I want this tattoo to look exactly this way 60 years from now, you know? And that to me was like mind blowing. But just looking at her use of contour line, especially in faces is just astounding. Um, Her use of color warms and cools and muted and muted and saturated colors. It's fantastic. Um, I think this one was inspired by an Alex Gray piece. Um, but she's got, you know, tons and tons of work. Highly recommend you check her out. It's Christina Tattoos on Instagram. Um, and she is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, we've got a couple of people in the YouTube. Uh, David Brown said, nothing much for me. Uh, Pyro Devil said, greetings from Austria. Uh, How's it going? Mm -hmm. Um, And Kyle Olson again said, hello. Hello, Kyle. So now I am going to get back to, you know what? I think that one's good. I think I'm just going to go back to working on that oil painting. No, no, I should do the value study. I should do the value study. That's what I should do. So I would say it, follow your heart with it. Yeah, it's it's sometimes really difficult for me to like prioritize things. Medusa's here. What's up, Medusa? Hi. And how are you doing today? Good. Um, I just got off a Zoom call with Kyle B. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We just spent some time talking about our research with tattoo history and all of that. Um, sharing information, where we're getting our sources, what our plans are with our own individual researches. and Oh, that's what I forgot to look up. I was just gonna text you actually uh, if you could uh, send me the info about the anthropologist that you were talking about. Yeah, sorry about that. This past week has been absolutely bonkers. 
I um, totally understand. Um, yeah, it's been bonkers for me as well. I haven't even looked at my tattoo history stuff until this morning, like all week. Uh, yeah, Kyle and I were just probably on a Zoom call for like an hour sharing information and talking about what we're doing. So that was super fun. And then I joined on here and I saw some fib stuff and I was all like, oh, nice. Um, so one tattoo anthropologist you can reach out to is Lars Kurtak. And I can send you the links too. Yeah, that'd be really fucking six. How do you how do you spell Kurt Kurt what? Don't worry about it. I'm okay. sending you the links. Sweet. Thank you. I'm, I'm just I apologize for not doing it earlier. Don't even worry about it. You and I have both been busy. I'm not stressing. So there's one link. Um, most people that are into academics like this um, love to go through and share their, um, their information. Uh, and they love to go through and network and work with other people in other areas uh, to help educate. And they love doing that kind of stuff. That is fucking cool. Yeah. I I would love to see like a um, some kind of like a simple illustrated version of a tattoo family tree. Just see that kind of go out. Talk about that all the time, and you're talking about the history. I know you're focusing more on the history of it through thousands of years. But just focusing. I don't even know if something like this exists. Maybe Jason or somebody out there knows. Compiling a family tree, like who mentored who. Correct. Like have it go yes. all the way back and see, you know what I mean? Who started? And you could have different versions of it. You could have an American traditional tattoo family tree. You could have a Japanese family tree. You could have a portrait family tree. Just all these guys and girls that are influenced by other people and, and how they, you know, it doesn't have to be a, just like a simple version of it, you know, kind of, kind of connecting the dots and, and then seeing like the kind of lineage because feel like as time goes on social media the web gets spun so wide and you kind of I think that's that contact. I think that's a really good idea that we could all contribute to collaboratively like it'd be pretty much impossible for one person to crack no. all of that yeah. information down but like if we set up like a little web page where each of us could just you know like jot down make a spread yeah. little webs connects yeah. like hey this person taught this person who taught this person yeah. and then like fucking seth you just feel like oh i know that person so and so taught them and so and so taught yeah. them and then you know with the collaborative effort of everybody looking into it because that's that's a lot for one person to do alone but that would be a really oh, yeah. fucking great group project well, and not like, just not just that then, but you also have to remember that a lot of it's um geographically isolated right so you've got a yeah. lot of people that are on the east coast that came up on the east coast you know people that can trace their lineage through um east coast tattooers west right coast tattooers. Yeah. but they might not necessarily know a whole lot of like the West coast tattooers, you know, and the people that started out on the West coast. Um, granted. It gets into a bit of a catch 22 there. 
because like technically you see a lot of people that started out on the East coast that moved to the West coast, but there's also people that are purely strictly from the West coast. Look at um, Tahiti Felix, for example. Dude, LA has its very own tattoo family. Yeah. Yeah. And some of these are people that were never taught by anyone else. They started yeah. their own family trees. Yeah. yeah. They the had whole, to learn uh, on that. Philly, New York, uh, you know, uh, like you're saying, East Coast, all the way down to like, I would say, probably like the Carolinas and then up through New York, parts of Connecticut, Rhode Island. I feel like you could, you could lump all them together. You're saying LA, you could probably do two pages just on LA. Yeah. So, well, I'd say Southern California. Um, and I mean, it would probably be closer to five just because I know, for example, Tahiti Felix, who has the oldest tattoo studio in Southern California, because he's been he opened it. in I think like the early 50s um, and he has spawned and influenced and taught so many different tattooers in the California state that it's ridiculous. Um, like, yeah, Charlie, go ahead. Charlie Wagner was like a mentor to like 50 people. Exactly. And uh, Maude Wagner as well. Um, and yeah. like all of those people went on to teach other people too. So fuck, mm-hmm. dude, we can we can make a world fucking map. That's gonna take a lot of effort and everybody contributing. But I would like to get like an online source started if we could find some sort of uh, um tree you'd have to, to build off. Like, yeah, you'd have to do like a um like you know where where one section is like you and Jason were saying one section is just one area of the country like start with the u.s with what we know with the, what's the most accessible but you can have like you know footnotes next to some of those people because maybe some of the people that are on certain branches of the tree studied abroad flew somewhere went traveled somewhere and studied with this other artist and then you can reference you know by seeing that footnote then go to whatever page has has those artists are referencing but like the end game, like what would the end game to be to all of that? Besides just knowing who learned from who, maybe it offers a way for people to expand their uh, knowledge and imagery repertoire. Like going, you know, I wonder who, you know, who learned how to draw. How this guy learned how to draw dragons like that? And then you the end game. Back and you, yeah, well, like seeing the. Um, the end game like, is, is it, finding is an too- invitation list to the next family reunion yeah <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah i think one thing that we might have to look out for um just playing devil's advocate here is um some people may try to use that information and say oh well you know it's documented that i learned from so and so when they may have never had any interaction with that person but they may try to use it to validate like their tattoo career and things of that nature. Once again, just playing devil's advocate here. Well, I would um, think that that's a great question and a good point. So I we would that, have to be able to know, verify. Exactly. Yeah. There'd have to be verification on that. Like you can say, like I can say, Hey, I learned from this person, but then that person would have to verify that I did 
indeed learn from them or work. You know what I mean? Right. Like, hey, I spent six months working in New Mexico at this shop. And then, you know, that shop or the, those artists would then have to go, you know, that is correct. You know, like they, yes, they did. And, you know, I mean, just, and that's where I think neat thing. that's where I think certain types of um, politics may get into may get into it because like, as we all know, and I know James wisdom and I have had similar experiences where both James and I have apparently died like six times. Um, just from like fallouts with people that we used to work with and different studios, because that used to be, you know, the thing, right. Where it's, if you're working at a studio and things go South and you end up leaving, in order to maintain a certain artist clientele base that they have built through their own talent and technique. Um, you know, a lot of times studio owners uh, will go through and be like, oh, that person doesn't tattoo anymore. They died. How can I help you? Oh, yeah. That's not that, I, goes, that goes more than just maintaining a studio base that goes out of a fear of losing your clients. Absolutely. Because the person that you just pissed off enough to quit or that you got you fired, you know, they're good enough to take those clients. Exactly. So okay, like, can we, can we talk for a second on the politics of all of that? Because it's something that, I mean, I've been tattooing for 23 years and I definitely like not, I'm not part of like the, like the, the click of, you know, cool kid tattoo or things. Like I just do my thing. I kind of, Keep to my side. I don't travel all over the place and stuff like that. But can I just say how utterly frustrating, disappointing, and sometimes absolutely sickening how politics play a part in all of this and what we do. We are we are paid illustrators. It's we we're very fortunate to do what it is that we do, and and to get to have clients that you know will, will follow us from shop to shop or you know. Uh, allow us to express ourselves, you know, take their ideas and spin them and stuff like, we're, we're all really, really fortunate. But the whole like old school mentality of like, you know, like I, like I was at a shop before where you had a falling out with the owner. And as, as I'm packing my stuff up, the person's like calling my clients to, to let them know they don't know where I'm going, but if they want them to finish the tattoo, they'd be more than happy to do it. And they knew exactly where I was going, like where I was going to be working and stuff. And it just, like stuff like that and, and, and slandering people because they're not working at your shop anymore. Like, you know, if you're, if we focus on just doing good artwork and treating people right, you know, I feel like, especially nowadays with, with how expansive the industry has really gotten and social media and TV media, and it's, it's out in the mainstream, you know, there's plenty to go around. If you just do a good job, don't, don't talk trash on somebody. Don't, don't be spiteful. Don't do that because all you're doing is carrying poison in your own jar, you know, and that, that ruins the jar that you're carrying. In. Like that's, that's a good analogy. Yeah. It, that's an I, old I completely I'm, agree. That up. Unfortunately, there are still certain people around that, you know, carry a lot of those old school mentalities. Um, they shouldn't, but you know, they do. And well, it's, it's hard for them to get away from it. Yeah, the, the, things are taking over, carpal tunnel and, and uh, you know, physical ailments and eyesight and things like that. As time goes on, some of them, it's even worse, you know, like booze or whatever it is, they're failing health. Like they're, they're, 
they're going to be dying off. And I just hope that this, you know, one day I'll be part of that crew that's dying off. And I hope that the younger crew that's coming up, you know, all understands that like you, the best way to get further is to just do it together. Be nice. Don't, don't fill your life with the politics of, you know, well, I can't talk to this person because they work at that shop. No, fuck that. Like if they're a good person or they're a good artist, then, or, yeah. or, you know, sit down with them and talk to them. Don't, don't waste your time, you know, not talking to somebody because you heard from somebody else that they did this shitty thing. Like make these decisions for yourself. And if they, if you decide that they're not worth your time, then don't let them be worth your time. Don't, don't waste your time airing all this stuff out and putting it out there. And it's, you're, you're making waves in a pool that's, believe it or not, as many tattooers as are out there, the pool's very, it's a small pool, you know, yeah. and, you start splashing all the water out of it and all it does is make a mess and, and the people trying to get into it end up slipping and getting in the wrong way. You know what I mean? I couldn't agree more, you know, and that's why, you know, I, I never wish ill upon anyone. And even those people out there that have said that I've died a thousand times or, you know, um, you know, wished ill upon me or made up stories about me in the past or whatever. I wish them the best of luck. I do. Yeah. I, I honestly, I hope that they go through and I hope they live a very long and successful life because Always take I don't the have time for it. You know, I'm sorry. I don't have time to like, you know, get bent or get butt hurt about, you know, people saying things about me. It I'm too busy like focused on my own career. It, it is. And that's all they want to do is they want you to waste your energy on their negativity. And yes. I just don't have time for that. Sorry. No. Always take the high road because if you do, you, you'll have nothing to regret. Even if it doesn't work out with that person or, you know, you never end up talking to them again. Just always take the high road. Yeah, anybody out there who's getting into this business, do not fall into the trap of, of the, the old school politics of this business because it sucks and it's on its way out. And the old grumpy curmudgeon type of attitude there's just no room for it anymore there's you know just be happy when somebody else is doing good be happy that you have a peer out there that's crushing it because right. if they're crushing it then that's more of an opportunity for you to crush it you know like they're just going to inspire more people to get tattooed and then maybe you sit down and talk to them oh you know what this person's not a bad guy like or bad girl like i don't i don't notice any attitude they were perfectly nice to me exactly so, yeah, be nice to everyone and just be a decent human. That's it. You know, even if people sling mud your way, be like, hey, thanks. I didn't have mud before, but I do now. I appreciate that. No you know, mud, and no move mud. on. Exactly. It's like, cool, I have mud. I can grow plants now. You know? That being said, too, don't, don't ever forget that we are all pirates. We're all hired guns. We're hired art, you know. Don't, well, I think I think we're actually I think we're actually starting to, um, you know, we are hired guns. We are hired illustrators and artists. I do agree with that. But I think we're starting to move away from the whole concept of being a pirate. You know, we're yeah, some there are still plenty of pirates out there. There's no getting around that. But, you know, we're starting to move into uh, an age in which we are a professional trade um we are part of a professional and legitimate you know high value commodity 
you know, some people yeah. would liken what we do to being professional animators and illustrators and, uh, you know, just sure. working in a different medium. Other people would say, you know what, we're more like commercial photographers. You know, people want photographs made to illustrate a certain product or to put on their web page to show a certain thing or whatever. Well, we're kind of doing the same thing, only we're not taking photographs. We're creating illustrations and drawings and fine artwork to illustrate what people want to convey. You know, yeah. maybe it's a memorial. Maybe it's, um, you know, kind of like a warning sign. Maybe it's a sign of struggle or something that they've overcome. But we're being paid to illustrate that on a professional level. And especially with everything in this day and age, you know, it's starting to take on an entirely different persona. Look at um, look at Russ Abbott and everything he puts forth. You know, you want to make money in this industry in this day and age, you have to have a business sense. Whether you're a hired gun, whether you're, uh, you know, an independent freelance artist, whether you're a traveling artist, or if you're working at a high-end studio doing your own thing. You know, if you want to be anything in this industry in this day and age, if you want to make enough money to survive, you have to, number one, push yourself and work harder than the next person. And number two, you have to have a keen business sense in order to keep that going. Because if you don't, you're never going to be able to survive and you're never going to be able to put food on your table. I agree. Completely agree with that also. You know, it's like this is a this is a changing or as I mean, I guess you could call it a renaissance, even though, in my opinion, the tattoo renaissance started in like 2000 um, or yeah, you know, thereabouts. Shaking off the 90s. Yeah. Shaking off the old school type of thing. But those right. hanger ons that are like mad at people for using the tools that they use or the, the approach that they use or the, the way that, you know, but I just, you know, I don't know. It's just crazy. Like I, certain things are, they're very much preferential, you know, and, and they're unique to the, the person. What's the word I'm looking for here? Um, it's all relevant to the, you know, to the client and all relevant to the artist. Like some people do different things, you know, not everybody makes a sandwich the same way. As long as they're making good food, you know what I mean? Or good art. It doesn't matter how they apply it or how they do it. They treat the people right. So that those people tell more people to keep coming back how many times you like you send a friend out there with a you send a client out there with an awesome piece of work and three or four of their friends want to get work done and they don't come see you they don't even come to your shop but you find out they went to a buddy shop and they got good work done there you know and that was inspired right. by something you did on somebody else like and that's just the way that that trickle down effect works however you know you treat somebody like crap or you badmouth somebody else they nobody yeah exactly yeah, I always find it interesting when like you tattoo one person on a whim as like a walk-in because um, I'm not, you know, I'm not above doing walk-ins. I'll do them. Um, I'll yeah, do small little should. angel numbers or whatever is popular now. I'll do that. I got no problems with that because you know what? That person's going to go home and next thing you know, their dad or mom or sister or cousin or friend, they're all going to start coming to me. hundred percent it's you never know even like like i always encourage people to you know like stop into the shop you know if you 
we have people that'll roll in just to check it out. You know, older people that have no interest in getting a tattoo, but maybe they have a niece or a nephew that does. And, you know, because like you had said, Jason stated that it's, you know, we, it is becoming a, a respected profession. Um, people talk about it more, more openly and directly. Like it's, as a matter of fact, instead of it being a taboo type of subject matter to bring up, it's very normal. It's just like, oh, you're, you know, uh, my, my niece got tattooed by so-and-so. And they're like, oh, I heard about that. It was a great shot. Like you're talking about it, like as if you were referring to like an architect or something, you know, so exactly. had their pool designed by this guy. Oh, that's great. You know, we use this other person. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, one thing I could stress more than anything is just, you know, remember that we all, we're, we're all in this shit together, you know, and, and if we, treat each other well and then treat the clients well there'll be plenty to go around for a long time and the industry's only getting cooler i mean all that stuff that russ is doing is wild you know mm-hmm. right but but that just you know and, and he and i have, have had uh, a brief like interaction or conversation where i was like unsure about certain things i was like oh, i don't know how i feel like about the they just put stamps out there for things and then we had a dialogue about it and it's just even though i disagreed with it at first having that dialogue with him you know it opened my eyes to like oh yeah it's just a tool it's all this is you know it's an educational tool it's something to to use to get better like you know there's going to be people out there that'll misuse things but that's fine that's for them you know that's That's for them everything though it's not for me to be mad about it's you know it's it's ridiculous it's only people are only trying to help other people get better everything that guy's done since the 90s you know uh, what you're doing now, Jason, what, you know, whatever what this com- the conversations we're having, um, it's all about trying to share knowledge, make other people better and just being nice. And it goes a long, long way. And I just have so much love for this industry. And I, I find that the more the time goes on, I, I don't get worn out. But I don't get burned out. I, you know, I get more excited. I you wish know, there was I, more days in the week to do it. I, that's something that, um, you know, I think burnout that you just said is um, it's something that, you know, I think we all as artists, you know, experience somewhat on a, a very acute basis. But, you know, those people that are truly passionate about tattoos and tattooing in the long term aspect of things, you don't see them getting burnout. You know, you don't see them losing their passion and their their drive for it, you know. I mean, much like yourself, you've been doing this over two decades, you know, and you're still jumping in. You're still learning new things, trying new things. You've still got that, that drive and that passion for it. And there's a lot to be said there. You know, I've met certain artists that, you know, they might turn around and they might be like, yeah, I've been doing it for like 15 years. I'm kind of over it. You know, I, I, you know, as much as I still do it, you know, it's like, yeah, what, whatever, you know, 15 years have passed and, you know, it's just not. I can't imagine. Can't I was imagine just thinking the like, same thing. I can't imagine ever feeling that way. Are you I, kidding me? me either. And I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm world. like, you know, I remember hearing that from one artist and I was just like, well, I don't really want to associate with you anymore. Like, I'm sorry, but yes. like, that's sad. Yeah, uh, we've got a couple more but, comments in I, the um, in the YouTube. Sorry, guys, I've been slacking on the YouTube comments. Uh, Mike Cole says good morning. Pyro Devil says thanks. Good. How are you? I'm doing well. 
Um, Kyle Olson said, is it this person? Would love to see where I fit in on the tattoo family tree. I know a few people uh, using fake pedigrees in this industry. I know a few people as well. Um, you know, yeah, and it's sad, sure. but you know but what? Once again, wish them the best of luck. Them. You know, yeah, I, I, I'll be completely honest about my pedigree. A lot of what I've learned is self-taught. Um, I've had some apprenticeships. I've gone through two of them. Uh, unfortunately, one person passed away, so there's no real way to verify the second one. Um, but I've got plenty of documentation and experience and people that are still around and kicking from the first one uh, that are more than happy to vouch for me. You know, not just that, but through my own drive and through my own experience, it's like I as much as I would like to have some kind of a pedigree, eh, you know, um, and you start to see a lot of people that are out there nowadays that are very self-taught, um, that didn't really have any kind of like a professional upbringing in it, uh, that, you know, had to have that, that their own drive to go out there and learn on their own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had to you do know? that for a long time. Exactly. Yeah. But you know what, though? You can't be mad at that stuff. Like somebody said this to me a long time ago when I used to, you know, I think I was maybe. And uh, I was kind of like then because uh, there was a mall in uh, in Wilmington, Delaware, Tri-State Mall that was, or it's Christiana Mall. One of them was like selling tattoo equipment at like basically like a kiosk and, uh, and like piercing equipment and stuff like that. I was like, I was all mad about that, kind of salty and these people that were, I was like, oh, it became popular to just order your, your equipment online and then just start doing it, you know, and I start thinking about back, like how I got into it, how like lucky and fortunate I was to, you know, just no, no shop was really willing to take me to have experience like that uh, until this couple of bikers that were opening up a shop in Delaware, uh, you know, saw that I had some sort of artistic ability and they were willing to kind of like show me the ropes, but they taught me and I, I look back and I kind of think about it like this now you know tattooing is really a trade like you had mentioned jason it's it is a trade you can teach you can teach many different people how to tattoo now what they do with that information is completely up to them you know but the mechanics of it are, are just about anybody with two hands can do a tattoo whether or not it's good or not is a whole other subject but right you know, it is a trade and the thing to remember is that everybody finds their own way don't be mad at somebody because they they took a, a chance on themselves and because they had friends that were willing to sacrifice a little bit of their own skin to help somebody out, you know, um, because you never know what's going to come out of that, that effort. You know, nobody just sits down and, you know, does it, you know, paints an immaculate painting or, or, you know, nobody buys a $6,000 fender and just writes an amazing song right out of the gate. That's not how that works. You know, you, you find your way, you, you just kind of figure it out on your own. And instead of being mad at those people, you know, offer to help especially when you see effort being put into it, you know, when they're really trying hard, really putting forth a lot and dedicating their time and their effort to, to something that you've loved for a long time being this business. Absolutely. Um, because the more people we have in it that have that type of an approach, um, the, the more valuable uh, this, this industry becomes to us. You, know, you have, like I was saying earlier, you have other people out there putting out that positive en energy and, their clients are going to experience it and, and the word's just going to keep going. 
Now, I, I do have, you know, something to say on that. You know, I do believe that, you know, understanding some of the more advanced stuff, some understanding some of the more advanced like application techniques, things of that nature. I do believe that, you know, it's it's not something you're necessarily going to find on YouTube. Um, it's something that you you do need to kind of go through and experience it. And I've always been a huge advocate of the fact that, you know, if you want to really understand and you really want to know how to tattoo on that kind of a top level, you have to go out and experience it. You have to go out and get tattooed, learn 100%. from these guys that are doing, that have been absolutely crushing it. You want to draw, you know, Japanese style dragons like Bill Canales, go get tattooed by Bill, sit down with him, yep. watch him as he sketches it. Ask him questions yep. the whole time. Uh, you want to learn how to tattoo like Fibs? Go get tattooed by Fibs. Um, oh. You want to learn how to tattoo like Bob Tyrell or um, Shane O'Neill or any number of other absolutely incredible photorealism black and gray guys? Save your money. Go get tattooed by them. Ask them every question you can think of every time. You know, don't, you know, I'm also an advocate of the fact that I'm, I'm a firm believer that some of this knowledge is earned. You know, it's not necessarily Definitely. given away for free. You know, if you've yeah. got the passion for it, that's great. You know, absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll do what I can for you. But it's, you know, everything comes at a cost. You know, if you're going to ask me for knowledge, if you're going to ask me for experience on technique and, you know, why do I use what I use and, um, you know, what about color theory and all this other stuff? I can help you out a little bit, but show me what you've done so far. Don't just come to me and yes. say, I want you to teach me how to tattoo. It's like, right. how about you show me what effort you've put in so far? Yeah. You know, that's and what that then goes back we can to like seeing somebody put the effort in. When you see right. somebody like putting that effort in and they are getting tattooed by these people, you know, like that's... You, like what you what exactly what you just said is what more people need to, to hear you know what i mean like everybody finds their own way but you got to put in the effort to get there you know like don't you can't just expect for things to just come easily to you and that's where i started having a little bit of an issue with things like i was like well, they're just making brushes for all of this stuff now i had to learn how to draw i had to fill an entire sketchbook with shitty waves until i learned how to draw waves in a way that works for you know, the, a good tattoo. And, oh, I, I still do that just, all day long. Use a, now they just use a stamp and boom, and there you go. And there, there's your wave because I, I've learned the trade of tattooing on a tracer or whatever. But I, um, I see the value in it as an educational tool as well. That doesn't negate going out and getting tattooed by these people because anything that you get digitally will not even hold a candle to the type of knowledge you can get by sitting down with these other people and getting tattooed by them, you know, watching them lay something out on your arm or in, you know, in marker, watch them draw something in paper or going to a convention, traveling around and, and taking the time and effort to put yourself in the same environment as these artists that you look up to. And, uh, you know, using that as a valuable educational, you know, instead of trying, like really, yourself into it so I, I couldn't agree more getting tattooed by these people uh, is and spending you know close intimate time with them is the best way 
to uh, to gain that knowledge um, because nobody nobody's just going to give it to you. Absolutely. And on that note, we have a VIP that just joined us. Um, <laughs> would like to say a very big hello to Ricardo. What's up, dude? Um, Ricardo has been up, a dude? huge influence on me. Oh, um, man. And doing, uh, everything that I am doing. So, well, thank you for the compliments. Likewise, Jason. I think I just caught the the tail end of that. I'm doing pretty good, guys. How about you? Doing pretty well, man. Doing pretty well. I'm gearing up for another show. So, man, you're definitely killing it on that end, aren't you? Well, I mean, I, I'm actually cutting back on shows this year. Um, so for me, it's it's kind of weird to be honest with you. Um, you know, just the whole concept of like, I've been so used to traveling so often, go, 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 uh, just hustle, hustle, hustle that it's a little bit different. You know, I'm not opposed to it, but it's definitely taking some adjustments. Uh, but it's nice to be able to take that step back, reevaluate some things, um, take a look at things from a little bit of a different perspective and then turn back around and say, okay, I'm ready. What's next? Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what I've started doing with a lot of things. Right. So, but it's weird, man. I'm so used to being like, okay, cool. What's the next show I'm going to? What's, what's the next event? What, what's happening after this? And, um, yeah, it's just, it's weird for me, man. It's really, really weird. Huh. Not go, go, go anymore, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, it's nice. It, it's a nice little change of pace. Um, you know, it's helping me, you know, just go back through and think about things a little bit differently. Um, you know, it's also helping me save a little bit of money so that, you know, if next year rolls around and things end up, taking a different turn i'm financially ready to be like cool i'm on the road i'm on the road i'm on the road you know and i'm not saying that that's necessarily going to happen but um you know it, it's definitely helping me financially prep a little bit better so yeah that's radical dude yeah, but I've got one more show coming up this year, um, and that's the one I'm working in Allentown at the Skindustry Expo. Very small show. Uh, I think there's 125 artists there this year, or 126, some even number. Uh, but it's going to be a great time. My friend Dennis is coming down from upstate New York. Uh, going to be working right next to my friend Ian. Ian does the most clean and bold traditional work I've ever seen. So I'm very excited to be working next to him this year. Uh, he's also like one of my best friends out there uh, who does tattoos. So it's always good to stop by and see him. Um, mm -hmm. I actually just got done running some prints for him the other day and they are pretty wicked. Um, so it's going to be, you know, they're super, super traditional in nature, which isn't necessary. It's always something I've kind of struggled with, to be honest with everyone. 
Like traditional mm-hmm. work for me is not easy. I Maybe. overcomplicate and over, over accent everything. I'm like, but we can add more detail here. Why wouldn't we want to do that? I feel the exact same way. I have such a huge problem doing traditional tattoos because I'm like, why wouldn't we do all of the things? Why not? Exactly. But I not everybody wants all, all the things. things. Right. No. And some people prefer that more simplified, more like tailored down, more classic kind of style. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a personal preference. Absolutely. You know? I just like to overcomplicate things as anyone that knows me in life knows. When I first started drawing to tattoo, that was my biggest hurdle. Overcomplicating every drawing mm-hmm. to a less tattooable image. Absolutely. Um, and you know what? It's not an easy thing to overcome. It really isn't. Understanding what information needs to be there in order to accurately depict what it is you're trying to depict in comparison to throwing all of the information in there and then not having it be legible. Yeah, it's a very fine line. Yeah, a friend of mine that does a lot of like Americana stuff, man, he he told me one time the same thing. He's like, when's the last time you try to draw a flat like that? I was like, I don't know. So we sat down and we started drawing. I was like, oh my God, this is a lot harder than what I thought it would be. Right? Yeah. I mean, we, we take so much time learning how to add dimension and depth and stuff like that, the way light, you know, references an object and stuff like that and trying to study it, implement it into the right place, contour lines, all that stuff like that. But you eliminate all of that in order to like facilitate that, that, that style. So it does make it, it is tricky. And it is pretty cool to stay in practice for everything now, but I think it's one of those things that if you find an interest in it, it's, there are some people that just can whip it out, crank it out, no matter what it is, you know what I mean? Like can make it look good. Not just like, not just make it happen, but make it look good too. Right. Yeah. This is a very big difference. You know what I mean? There's a very huge difference between making a solid traditional tattoo and making it look good. And not only that, but like your voice kind of coming through with it too. Because, I mean, it's really easy to take a bunch of different traditional tattoos and kind of glue them together, so to speak, you know? Right. Kind of Google Google uh, photos, everything together. Yeah, so I, you know, for me, it's always fascinating to watch guys like that, you know, with their whole artistic process. And, you know, how they'll break out one liner and one mag. They'll break out one shade of green, one shade of blue one shade of yellow uh, and then like a big cap of black and that's it. That's all they get. That's all they need. And they can execute an incredible tattoo just with such limited supplies, you know? Uh So can I show you guys a couple tattoos and maybe get some uh, opinions on them that I've done recently? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Let me spotlight you. Oh yeah. Let me pull them up. Hold on one second. Um, let's see. So this is uh the more fresh one that we did. Uh, let's see here. This is the most recent. Over, I'm adding to this guy's like forearm tattoo. 
Nice. Okay. Okay. So that's the front of it, or like I guess it's the back of his forearm. Um, and then these pictures aren't the greatest, so I apologize, but there's the other side of it. Awesome. Well, there's a video. Okay. Cool. I love the way that you incorporated bold lines in there with a lot of very subtle shading. Thanks. Mm. And like you know, that we're... real subtle texture in the wing in mm -hmm. contrast to like some of those really nice big bold lines in the rows. Yeah. Can I you see that see again? It. You want to see the video again? Yeah, just that, that the last the picture that you just had up there. Okay, uh, let's see. I'll try to pull up the, let me just pull up the photo. So it's this yeah, side. There. I think that's that right there. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, that one. And then the one that was from the front. Shows the other side there a little bit. Let's see if I can get a non-bloody one. Hold on. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I wanted to add more shading to the to this side of the cheek. Um, let's see this side. But with it being so fresh, you know what I mean? I, I wanted to be able to go back in if I had to, rather than go too dark as far as that, that framed part of the face. Right. Yeah. You know? So what I would do is go like right above the bottom of the jawline there, right? You, you hit like a little bit more. Yeah. Right above that, like to the inside of that line, you're going to get like a, do like a reflected light from the rose, like up on the face. So it would be like a, yeah, a little bit of like a shadowed line and have that fade up. And that'll help that bottom part of the jaw curve under more so it yeah. doesn't flatten out. Yeah. Right. And then think about bumping up the contrast on the far side of the face even more. Like you have the shadow on the other side of the nose is fantastic. Don't be afraid to make that darker and then make that whole side of the face darker yeah. um, in shadow. Yeah, because then your cheek on the other side, like you got this intense light on the one side. It almost looks shiny. Like it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, but the other side of the face is just, I, I don't know that it's dark enough to push, uh, accentuate what you have going on the, on the front side there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just, do it in Photoshop. Just shout, just keep everything the way that it is and then take like a 30% gray or something and just kind of go over it and see how it looks when it's a little bit darker on that side. Yeah. Here's a better photo. I actually put the, uh, the little filter on my camera to get a better picture of it. Let me see if it's- I gotta get one of those filters, man. Those things are badass. There's a little bit better. Oh yeah, wow. Look at the difference on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah, took all the shininess out of it and it took all like the surrounding light out of it and stuff too, you know what I mean? So- Yeah. I think that yeah. added a little bit more. That was the thing once I saw that. So here's the other side of his arm and I, I know I need to get back in the rows a little bit more, uh, especially around this part of the hand, uh, but this is healed. Oh, very oh, nice. Shit. That Sick. looked awesome. Dude. Jesus Christ. No, I think it's a skull. I quit. <laughs> I quit. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> that I'm looks done. awesome. I like those thorns coming up, man. It's badass. Ricardo just but, won the internet. That's beautiful. <laughs> so, like, yo, check out the contrast in that, right? Like, how, how insane that light is on the cheeks of the skull because of yeah. all that solid around it and how much darker everything is. That's, right. like, what I think you can pull out with that girl's face. Right, it's like right, that right. same thing, you know. Yeah, that is, yeah. dude. Can you get a close up of the hand? There's fucking bones. Yeah, that shit is Come crazy. On, Come on, <laughs> dude, it's so good. It's so Subtle, sharp, man. Yeah. 
Well done. Thank you. Yeah, I think I want to put some dynamic, like dark, like shapes underneath some of those lips of the rose and stuff. You know what I mean? I, th- yeah. I think that would be my only. That would be my only like critique to that portion of it. Yeah. Is that the hand? The skeleton yeah. hand and the rose seem to be on the same value plane. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, it exactly. starts to get a little muddied. Like if you squint your eye. Yeah, it looks like the same shape. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And that's the thing. Like I like the darkness underneath on the bottom of the hand. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It separates that that like the uh, the center of the rose and stuff like that. But I think it definitely needs a little bit more separation down towards the bulb part of the the rose and stuff too. So Crazy. my. My question for you would be, is the hand behind the rose or it's, is the so rose gonna, behind the hand? Yeah, exactly. It should be like underneath it. You know what I mean? Right. So that's the portion. So that's the, that's the issue that I ran into. It was it healed. But I really like the fact that like now, if I want to, I can go back into it. Right. Uh, now that it's healed. You know what I mean? So here's Because you can always go darker, but you can never go lighter. Did you right. do all of those in one sitting, both of those tattoos? So I did the the reaper and the rose and the hand and stuff like that and the thorns in one sitting. And then I did the second portion in one sitting too. Uh, let's see, here's another angle. I'll show you the other angle of it. And then I'll show you that, how they kind of merge together. So there's. Yeah, that's tough, man. Those bold thorns. That is, that's a really cool design element, man. How'd you land on that? Uh, you know what? I kept telling him, he said that he just wanted a reaper with a rose, but he wanted it kind of like a little bit darker. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, you know, thinking it through and thinking about like that contrast, that negative space. And, and I've always fought with like, where do the blacks go and everything like that. So I was trying to think about how to make the blacks darker looking. And I, you know, paying attention to the, all the classes of guy and stuff like that and talking with Jason and stuff like that about like negative space being an important factor in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I figured that that halo kind of effect around those like just straight blacks with the thorn versus yeah. like the different values, the tonal values of the background and stuff like that it makes it just jump out that much more, you know? That is, uh, that's really cool, man. I like when, I like when you kind of like land on stuff like that through the process, like, you know, you're thinking about how to make it look different or whatever. And then you just kind of like, like boldly going for something like that. And it really works. It, it yeah. really does. It's really cool. It's one of the things, isn't it? It's like, it's so scary to kind of think, okay, once I put this black, there's no going back to it. You know what I mean? Like there's no going back from this foundational kind of straight pigment kind of effect. You know what I mean? So I've always struggled with that. And this time around, I was really trying yeah. to approach it with where do I want them first and foremost, you know? And the elements yeah. that we wanted included in it, like uh, how to incorporate the elements that we were wanting in the image and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And then frame it out too. Um, so here, here's the uh, the two pieces kind of merged together. Oh, nice. shit. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize they were on the same arm. Right. Okay. Wow. Okay. That looks cool, man. Yeah. Um, transitions really nicely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's the the only critique I really got, man, is just on that one side of her face, like make that hair that she has coming down, create a heavier shadow on that side. Yeah, but that's that's really nice, uh, really nice layout. It's cool. Thank you. Okay, here's a couple more. Is that okay with you guys? Yeah, dude. Totally. I got got another black and gray and then I got a color one to show you real quick. So some of this is healed and you can tell which one, what part of it's healed and what part of it's fresh, but... Woo! Look at that. Whoa. Wow. 
so readable. Mm. You know, it doesn't help that this kid, this kid's half of his half sleeve, like a three, what is it? Three quarters of his half sleeve. You could lay this out flat on a piece of paper and it's, it's like my, almost my whole upper back. Yeah, so the kid looks like he's got massive triceps. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a he's a big kid. You know, he's a big dude, and like I was really excited to uh, to work with such a large space. And like it was one of the things that we talked about in the um, in the consult is that he wanted the full body, and I was like, you know, that'd be great. But like with the size of your arm, man, we can really play with some stuff where it's like, let's check this out from the moon. You know what I mean? Like let's let's be able to see that it's an angel from when you're sitting on the top of the moon. Yeah. Um. Here's the other side of it. Yeah, dude, that cup on the wing, oh, the way dude. it kind of curls over, that shadow. Wow. That's perfect. Nailed it, homie. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And you've got that, that perfect directional line between the edge, the, the top contour of the wing, the and the hand coming down. Right. Intersecting angles. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, so we're going to do some... We're gonna do some cherry blossoms and stuff like that towards the bottom. And nice. cut them off. Yeah, so that'll be really nice. And I think he at first just wanted the, the cherry blossoms itself, but I might integrate some of the branch and stuff like that kind of coming in and out of play. Um, that way we can do, uh, add that element of like saturated black to it too, you know? Um, so here, the, uh, the same approach that you took with that reaper where you like went bold with those, uh, with the thorns there, do that with the hand on that angel. Okay. Make that outline, make that outline thicker. Like, you know, I would go with like a, a like a loose nine or even like an 11 and then taper that back to the hand, make it really come forward. Cause it's such, everything about that is so dynamic that yeah. something I learned in recent times is, you know, you would think that like using a graphic, thick graphic line like that would like flatten something out. But sometimes when you have that much dynamic shading going on, a bold mm -hmm. outline just to help force that you know that type of realism that perspective in the tattoo i think you're right man i think that would help like jump it out even more because like you can tell that yeah. the hand is already in the foreground and stuff like that yeah you know what i mean so yeah. i think with especially once we start getting those like real finesse kind of like uh cherry blossoms and stuff in there i think that'll help out a lot like hover it even more yeah hell yeah man Super right. great job thanks and then here's the one last this is a pretty fun color piece that i just did on a buddy of mine that I've tattooed quite a bit. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> that is awesome. Nailed it. Dude. <laughs> you crushed that one, man. Looks like we got ourselves a Bill Shakespeare. Yep. Well, Lottie freaking die. I just watched <laughs> that sketch the other day. Oh, oh my dude. God. Yeah, that, that's great. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I, love I heard it. David Spade talking about that when they were doing that sketch and like him and Adam Sandler like nobody could keep a straight face like they knew when they were practicing it that he was going to be like kind of over the top but they were like he really they 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 weren't expecting him to go the, as far as what he did with it yeah man he took it that, that is one of the hands down one of the best skit, SNL skits I've ever seen for it sure so funny man that that's yeah. awesome though good job thank you yeah like I went really oversaturated you know what i mean like I, I i took any color that i wanted to do and just went like way more intense than i would have would have normally yeah. in the past you know what i mean yeah and because uh, it's illustrative but it's still realistic you know what i mean like right yeah yeah you nailed yeah, that I, I thank you so much man i appreciate that so much and I, I keep thinking about that like as far as longevity of the tattoo goes too you know what i mean like i keep thinking 
like not I, I still like to gradiate things like do some smooth transitions as far as gradations like that go like peppering things into each other and stuff but I'm starting to find the more and more I see tattoos coming back over the years the more I'm realizing how much more effective the tattoo would be as far as aging well uh, yeah. with much more simple shapes you know what I mean absolutely like, man breaking it down to simple solid like the uh, uh, application as far as like the saturation level and stuff like that too yeah yeah if you can get if you can get the information across using like three values or three hues mm-hmm. i mean do it you know because like you said it's it's definitely going to stand out more and, and last longer um, yeah. i see a lot of the stuff that i've done in the past where it comes back and i'm like ah, it's just all those like subtle value shifts and things that i put in there just don't hold up and it yeah. it kind of flattens out a little bit and then so you know what's that old saying you apply it to other things but you can use it for tattooing is uh, fortune favors the bold, right? Yep. Just fucking go yeah. for it. You know, like you, you yeah. chose to use those colors and you weren't, you were very uh, uh, deliberate in putting them in there. You weren't feathering them. You just fucking pounded them in there and they look great, you know? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm still like, as far as the application goes, I'm still like even with the saturation, you know what I mean? But like just yeah. focusing on just that one tone, like like you guys yeah. were talking about a little bit ago is adding like just breaking it, like you just said, breaking it down to some simple, almost straight out of the bottle you know what i mean almost straight out of the ink bottle value like the intensity level of it and everything and then just going for it yeah Um, dude the fun is one of the funnest parts about this tattoo is like all the flannel stuff the plaid stuff yeah (laughs) that stuff was super fun like it's so crazy like when you go in on it how simple it is yeah it reads so well but then you come back out and it starts to like really settle in you know what i mean like makes more sense yeah the fade on the bottom is good too. Nice irregular border. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're gonna add some lettering and stuff like that around it. So I wanted to keep it kind of loose for that purpose. You know what I mean? What's so, it gonna say? We're gonna do Lottie Freaking Da. Lottie Freaking Da. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah, and he only had a certain amount of space to kind of put it in. You know what I mean? So yeah, so, fit it right in there. Right. No, Here's I am. Um, I learned, uh, you got another one? Yeah, I got one more. This yeah. one, I, I stumbled upon this one. I was like going through some of my old photos and I, this one isn't finished yet. And the kid kind of dipped out on me and the picture quality is poor. But... <laughs> yes. Oh, dude. How'd you get a picture? I love of that house? one. This, I took the picture right when we did it. This is all one sitting. That um, looks great, see. man. That lace is very delicate. Thank you. Let me get the other photo of the other side here. Let me see if I can. See, again, it goes back to like what we were saying just a little bit ago, like that solid black lace against a very light, almost like just very, very mild value in yeah. the dress. It just stand, like you can see that so clearly and it makes it makes the breath stand out more. And you got a nice hard shadow behind her. Yeah, it's great. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. It's weird, like, you, you kind of go back to some of the old photos where you're like, ah, I could have done a little bit better, you know what I mean? And you look at it, and you're like, it's not so bad, I guess. <laughs> no, but again, what, what did we say weeks ago, right? Like, it, it seems to be a recurring topic uh, on this is, you know, if, don't ever, you know, don't ever think that you're done with something. Like, you can always improve, you know, and if you're, if you're constantly looking for that, then every time you lay a tattoo in, it's going to be the best that you can do. You know what I mean? If you go into it thinking like, ah, this is, this is going to be a cakewalk, how nervous I get doing portraits and shit still 
Oh yeah, dude. Bugged me out. Time. Yeah, I'm laying out of yeah. Japanese sleep. It takes me two hours to put the stencil on. I'm sweating it the whole time. Yep. Yep. You know, and then after every one, I'm always like, I could have changed this. I could have changed that. Don't ever stop thinking that. Yep. I got you, dude. Thank you. Yeah, I, I feel the same way too, man. Like it's crazy because like sometimes people come in and I tell them for the bigger pieces, it's like, dude, this is gonna take a while. Like just getting getting prepped for it and stuff like that. It's gonna take a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, here's some filler I did on this girl's arm. Let me see if I can find a better photo. Hold on one second. Uh, shoot. Well, first Ricardo, of all, here's where are you from, bud? Illinois. Nice. Yeah, Bloomington, Illinois. So here's a healed piece I did on her a while back. Yeah, look at that. Oof. Oh, that's phenomenal. Absolutely. Dude. Negative, positive bat shapes. And it, that's that color in the background. It looks fantastic. Yeah, dude. Great use of warm and cool contrast. I mean, hell they're yeah. They're popping dude. out in front, too. Which is yeah. fucking great. Well, that yeah, exactly. And it's cool because it's like got the TV one and then the movie one, you know what I mean? So yeah, a little bit of the mix. Yep. And then here's some of the filler stuff we did on the back of her arm. Let's see here. It's still kind of red and I didn't have the filter to, to take the photo of it, but. Oh, that love looks great. That, oh, love what's coming out of the eye there. Dude, that's cool. Wow. The mandible shading. Look at that. Or is that the, what do you, what do you call it? Maxilla? Yeah. Yeah. That's the maxilla. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Love that texture cool. in there, man. Of all the shapes so defining this skull. I'm so glad they're just so like all over the place, jersey. dude. That's really fun, it. man. Super creative. There's like there's like so much motion just like through the bottom of the skull on that top one in the mouth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much fucking motion right there, but you can man, it just draws your eye in. Dude, yeah. excellent positive negative uh relationships there. Yeah. Dude, that's a home run, bro. Thank you. you know, yeah, thank like, you. So those lines that go down, like wrapping into the teeth, like the way you taper them off on the top one, yeah, they're going into the teeth holes, like they're fatter. Than, it, it's just amazing how that subtle little thing describes the form so, so well. Thank you. Yeah. That's cool, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, so I've been staying pretty busy. So I wanted to apologize for not being able to jump in so much, but I've been doing a lot of a lot of work lately. Yeah, like just shows. getting back to the grindstone. You know what I mean? Hell yeah, bro! Here's one more. Should I get one more? Uh, so here's the. Let me see if I can get a frontal view of it. So there's. Whoa! Nice. Damn. All right, Bob Terrell. There you go. <laughs> I see you. Yeah, Bob Tyrell. That's cool, man. Yeah, this really one, great uh, contrast. Thank yes. You. So that's all one sitting. She couldn't take any more. Oh, that's on a thigh too, huh? Yeah. Yep. You got it. Woo! Really big. Oof. Yeah, that could awesome. be a spicy place to get tattooed. Yes, yeah. it can. It's like her second tattoo too. You know what I mean? It's on a buddy of mine. It's his. Uh, it's his girlfriend, and she's like, "I want this tattoo." And she's like, "I want it from from my knee to my hip." I was like, "Okay, we're gonna <laughs> go for it. Like, we're gonna do this." And he he mm -hmm. kept. He, he's actually the one that I took. Heath, Jason, you met Heath. Yes, I did. He's actually the one that got tattooed by me and Guy both at one time, and it's his girlfriend. So he was like, "Okay, you just wait." 
but uh so we we stenciled a, like her face and that little cross on there but then drew the rest of it on you know what i mean nice yeah. oh that's cool man oh, thank you and then with when it comes to portraits and stuff like that you know what i mean i'm really trying to implement more of like that traditional kind of thought of like line work but using it as edges because jason and i had a conversation about some of the things that i feel like i miss in my work is you know what i mean instead of shading away and leaving negative space between line and 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 value yeah um, I'm, I'm trying to implement the idea of where i would use line work to make a, a sharper edge you know what right. i mean and disappear the line enough to where it appears as the contrast of the value rather than using that in the, throughout the entire tattoo. So implementing the idea of having some line work still as edges, you know what I mean? But softer lines maybe, a little bit yeah. more disciplined. So it's been pretty fun. And I've been really trying to like approach each drawing for each tattoo with like a, a few sets of rules, like as far as like the, the the system of the values and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So I think it's been, I think it's been paying off a little bit more lately. Yeah, I, I would agree. say. Looks great. Well, thank you. I started over it, the last year, I started using um, with, uh, when approaching a portrait, um, taking a little bit of a different approach than I have in the past where I'm using, uh, I use like dynamic triple black, but whatever, whatever solid black that you end up using, uh, using that for as much of the shading as I can and allowing my wrist control to determine how light or dark something is, you know, uh, in the skin. Yeah. Um, okay. Like, you know, just kind of scooching along the edge of the surface because what happens is you're talking about like when it heals the value of things kind of blending together. I used to set up like, you know, and I still do like, I'll set up like six cups but there was a point in time where I had like 10 different cups of black and then I had my solid black. Well, ever since I started seeing some of these other pieces come back healed with the, with me using solid black first for, to try and lay in as much of the value. Um, I find that the, when I move on to using the, the uh, softer values, the lighter values, uh, they stand out. They just, the, the transitions are just as smooth without me needing to, use three or four different value changes throughout it. You know, I'm just, I'm using solid black and then laying up a little bit, still using solid black, just kind of feathering it in, laying yep. up a little bit more and then move into the cut values. Exactly. Exactly. I've been finding that really effective as well, man. And like you, you, you mentioned the word feathering. And I think that's definitely it. You know what I mean? I've opened up my movement quite a bit more where it's almost like a, it's almost like a scraping kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hate to use that term scraping, but it's almost like you're just hitting yeah, the surface. Yeah, you're just feathering it in. Yep, just whip, yeah. whip, whip. Yep. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, uh, buddy oh, of mine, you guys make out. me want to go to the shop and tattoo right now. I'm still in <laughs> Connecticut on the road. <laughs> yeah, man, it's fun. Uh, my buddy what, that sits next to me at the shop that I work in, he was like saying, man, I can, when I was working on that big wing on that guy's black and gray angel, and he was like, I could hear that thing scraping from over here. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes that's what you need to do, man. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's really the only way to go through and create that kind of an effect. Yeah. Yeah, but awesome. it looks great. Good stuff, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. No doubt. So, yeah, that's been about it. Drawing and uh, taking care of, you know, 
technical business stuff for the past couple nice. weeks and everything and you know how that goes that's always fun for an artist to do to sit down with a bunch of numbers and try to calculate things it's always great yeah tax season right it's great yep you got it i love it i just got done submitting and updating my quickbooks for my accountant uh the other day and i was i i felt so relieved when i sent him the message and i'm like dude dude my 2022 quickbooks is completely up to date everything's good to go like feel free to start the taxes feel free to start the process let's get going on this, you know? Um, Cause I have them linked into my QuickBooks so he can go through and take a look at everything that I have categorized all of my expenses through Venmo, PayPal, uh, my credit card and my checking account. Um, he can go through and kind of see everything that I do um, and where all of my expenses are going. So he can go through, pull that information and more or less turn around and say, oh, well, you increased your spending on your studio supplies this year. Um, and, oh, okay, here's all of your, your tattoo convention uh, payments for booths and hotels, your travel airfare. Um, here's where all of this stuff is. And that means we can go through and we can use this as a write-off. This is a write-off. This is a write-off because you were traveling for that. This is a write-off for this, um, you know, so it just makes the job a lot easier for him rather than taking a day, getting together with him, sitting down with him and saying, hey, what did you, you know, how much money did you spend on supplies this year? It's like, yeah. oh, let me pull up some invoices Yeah, uh, about this much, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so it just makes things way easier for him in general. But I was so relieved when I sent him that text. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's all you now. Like, get to it. Go do the things. Let me know if you need anything else. Yeah. Yeah, it's always a relief, man. That's for sure. So I actually have two tattoos that I would like to show as well. These are absolutely both yeah. still kind of healing, but they're like nearing the end. They're both right next to each other. But I got to do the scary lady or scary stories to tell in the dark lady. Damn, dude. Back of the knee? Or is that on elbow the side. bitch? Side, That's on the side of the knee. Oof. Yeah, it's rough. How hard was it tattoo in that area for you? Uh, it wasn't that hard to tattoo. It's just extremely painful. Yeah. Is that, is that hair is great? Yeah. It was, thank you. It, I used a lot of single liner for. A majority of it it just wanted to blow out like all the fucking time it felt like it was just so fucking uh so fragile right there she has really tight sensitive skin in the first place on her legs and right there was no exception that's for sure yeah that's the thing with like really bendy areas of the body like that you know what i mean it, it wants to like just flush that ink into everywhere around it yeah but and then with the single needle too, man, those single needles, they want to take off when you do. They want to like race ahead of you, you know what I mean? Or behind you or to the left or right of you sometimes even. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I'm becoming more fond of them though. Okay. Like, yeah. I will I got say, to use... go ahead. Go ahead. No, you so can go ahead. Say, with, with single needles, I've noticed that like, um, you know, the whip shading kind of thing uh and and the, the control of the value helps out a lot because like if you're kind of peppering things in there with it 
once it heals, it's going to kind of blend together a little bit more. So like, as far as trying to use a single needle to pack ink in, it's, you might as well just be using a mag if that's the case. You know what I mean? So like, if you're going to yeah. be using a single needle to shade, I always try to do it like with just the pepper shading and, and then using different values and stuff like that, as far as your diluted inks, you know what I mean? So, so far, I, I haven't really tried like using it for shading at all. I've used it to like, like in the teeth, I like feathered in a little bit with the gray wash, but mm -hmm. um, I try and keep it with like using the mag as much as I can. I feel like it just works better for me personally. Can you blow that up a little bit more? Yeah. Why not? Um, I uh, it's my own curiosity because I've I've only ever tried a single needle once, and I found that like a bug pin three, it just seems safe, like a safer bet. Is there yeah. any reason? Have you ever tried a, like a super tight bug pin three? Yeah, yeah. I was using those before, but I got a box of single liners because I was like, I want to give these a try and just see how they go. Yeah. What was that like, man? Like it just seems like when I used them, uh, I felt like it was like it was just like I, I was just cutting them open I couldn't and and I was delicate as I could be I was I was watering down my I tried you know not using just straight lining black I tried to you know dilute it just a little bit and um I had zero luck using them yeah I I have a so I have a FK Aaron's XO and I put it down at like I use a 2.5 when I'm using the uh, single liners because I'm trying to scale it back as much as I can and I'll run it down at like six volts wow. and then I'll just take my time just get it in there little by little I usually like pulling big lines but with those guys I feel like you have to be a little bit more careful for sure okay you're using the 2.5 millimeter stroke yeah I got the 2.5 I got the 3.2 and the 4.0 so I like switching between all those depending on what I'm trying to do Man, I am so out of it with all that that tech stuff, man. I, yeah, I'm really too. doing myself a disservice, I feel like. But um, so I, I come from a tech background. So when I got into this, it was just kind of like second nature to be like, well, is there an easier, better option than coils? Because I've only been tattooing for two years now. Oh, okay. So I'm still very, very new to this. I've been a part of the culture for fucking ever. But... um. I was just like, is there a better way to do this? Because I felt like a lot of times that I got tattooed by people using coils, it just fucking hurt more unnecessarily, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that could be different from person to person as well. So I was like, I'm going to try this. And once I tried the really cheap wireless machines, I was like, I want to try a really nice one. And then I got the first like 3.2 XO. And I was like, oh, there is a night and day difference between this. So I'm going to, sure. I'm going to get some more of these. So I've got the four millimeter XO, but lately I've just been using my, uh, my 3.5 Cheyenne, uh, yeah, which is like equivalent to the 3.2 XO. Um, okay. And uh, I, dude, I've been using that for like everything. Me too. Like, yeah, it's a big bold lines. Ricardo picked one up. He was using the four millimeter flux for a while. Mm. Um, and he picked up the 3.5 Cheyenne, man. It's a lot more gentle on the skin. Um, I don't necessarily, so my personal opinion, um, I'm not a huge fan of ultra short strokes on machines. Yeah. Uh, I will use them occasionally if I absolutely have to, but I find that it's, it just doesn't have the impact that I'm looking for. 
um, as far as like control and then strength. Um, so I typically, if I need a more gentle machine, I'll just use the 3.5. Otherwise I use like the four millimeter XO for just about anything bigger. Like if I'm pushing 15 mag color, 19 mag color, whatever, I'm using a four millimeter. Like it's going to have the impact. It's going to have the downward yeah. force I need. And it's going to have the, the uh, ability to go through and just punch it in real quick. Um, if I'm doing agree. super yeah. large fields of soft black and gray, like big ISO bars, large areas of like shading, like say I'm, I'm shading in uh, an American flag upper arm half sleeve, right? And I just want to layer down and just do a very quick pass over an area to tone it down a little bit more. I'll break out the, um, the four millimeter XO and I'll crank that up a bit faster, very shallow needle depth because you don't have to go that far. And I'll just do yeah. a very quick pass with it just to saturate that skin and tone down a bigger area. Otherwise, dude, I've been using the 3.5 for like everything, man. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Super, super ultra tight buck pin threes are a breeze with it. Um, yeah. You know, but once again, I try not to line with a short stroke just because I, I'm not a big fan of it. I don't think it's really yeah. got the, the impact that I, I want totally my lines to have. Uh, I'm pretty much... With a single, though, you don't need a long stroke. Mm -hmm. um, and especially if you're working right off the tip of the cartridge, it's not really going to matter all that much. Um, but if you're trying to float the needle tip and work straight off the pins at a more per perpendicular angle with a bit more needle hang, that's where it's kind of like, that's where I didn't like using singles just because they tend to walk a little bit. You know, yeah. and it's not yeah. like a perfectly solid straight laser line. Yeah. Um, and part of that just has to do with the way that cartridges are stabilized. Uh, sometimes I find that using coils with singles keeps them a little bit more stable because you have a lot of that rubber band tension holding that thing back to the back of the tip um, of the tube that you're using. So you can actually go through and control it a little bit better. Uh, Otherwise, I try to use like a bug pin three or type bug pin three because I find that they're just a little bit more stable. Um, don't ask me why. I have no idea. I just find that they do have a little bit more stability to them. Um, so I've been using a lot of those. But once again, I like a little bit of a longer stroke even when I'm using those. So the shortest I'll ever go is like a 3.5 just because I know it's got the impact I like and I know it's got the feel that I like and the speed that I like. So I'll just take it super, super slow um, and just like really focus. Sometimes you got to like get super close on it and like kind of squint to see the line that you're making with a single or even a super tight bug pin three. Um, so, I mean, that's just my experience, but typically yeah. I'm sticking to like a three, five the whole time. I mean, to me, yeah. it's got the impact. It's got less skin trauma that you're creating. So your skin's going to settle down a little bit more. It's not going to be quite as red as you go to transition. You're going to start to see things kind of um, taking on their true tone, their true value, and the skin's not going to be quite as pissed off. Um, so that's just kind of like my own experience. Uh, I started to notice a difference when I went from the Injecta 
which was 3.25 to the EXO when I got that, which was four. And I was like, why are all of the pictures that I'm taking of all of these fresh tattoos so red? Why is the skin so pissed off? When if I did the same tattoo with my inject at 3.25, it was fine. Like, what, what is the deal here? Then when I picked up the Cheyenne, uh, my Cheyenne Unlimited, it kind of, and I started using that for everything, it kind of clicked and it was like, oh, well, it's not causing quite as much trauma to the skin. So the skin's calming down a little bit quicker so I can get more of a true tone out of it so that that way I can go back into it if I need to and I can get better pictures out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's just mentally where I'm coming from. Um, I pulled up a picture of the uh, the scary stories lady that you just did the tattoo of. Um, Take a look at on the, if you're looking at the picture on the left side cheek, I think you could use a little bit more contrast there, a little bit more value. Okay. Um, The same thing with like the chin area. Really look at like the bottom yeah. of the lip and the top of the curve, the top of the dome of the chin could okay. use a little bit more contrast in that area. Okay. Um, yeah, that's all I was really going to suggest too. Is that like I think you just need some more more value in some yeah. of those interior spaces, like between the eyes and the and the mouth, like especially around like the nose area. Like the nose kind of disappears at this point. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I can totally see that. I can totally see that. It was something where I was, uh, this is probably like the second time I've tried to do anything that's even portrait-esque. So I was like, I want to go in really, you know, light and then just build it up. Absolutely. Because that's the best part. Yeah, the best part is you can always get back into it. You know what I mean? Like, it's better to go go into it with the approach of, we're going to go kind of soft with this one. You know, you want to let them know that you're going to build it up probably more, more, more than likely you'll build it up a little bit more after the first session and stuff like that, but you want to see, and I always tell them it's better to go lighter than it is darker. Cause once we put it on, there's no going back. You know what I mean? Yeah. This yeah. was actually, I think four sessions cause she could only handle so much at a time, but yeah. I live with her. So she's an easy client to get a hold of. There you oh, go. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I always, I always told people that I would tattoo that I know like that. I would always be like, well, you know, I get to see it every day. So I need to make sure that this is exactly the way we want it. Okay, so yes. I'm not the only one that thinks that way. I was having no. this discussion uh, with my significant other a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I was like, you know, listen, like, I'll tattoo you. You need to know and you need to understand that I'm going to want to go back into this tattoo at least one more time because mm. I'm looking at it every day. I'm critiquing it every day. What could I have done better? What didn't okay. turn out the way that I wanted to? And you don't get that when you tattoo, you know, people that come in for standard appointments, you don't have to see it every single day, you know? So it gives you a little bit of that separation. So the next time they come in, maybe you get a chance to like, take a quick glance at it and be like, Oh, okay. So, you know, let me adjust this a little bit, or, you know, maybe if we have time, we'll go back into this area. But like when you're seeing a tattoo every day, man, you start to nitpick certain tiny little things and you're just like, Oh, just let me, let me just get this one tiny little spot over here. Just, just a little, you know, so, and it drives you nuts, you know? Um, yeah. My girlfriend sits like a champ though. So I can't really complain. We spent five hours tattooing her throat and yeah. it turned out like, as it healed down, it's like, mwah, like everywhere that counts, 
but still, man, I look at it every day and I'm just like, maybe I could have done a little bit more. <laughs> you know, that doesn't I mean, stand out quite as much. Though, right? Probably should have done that a little bit darker. And um, I, I remember staring at her the other day and I, I was just like, tilt your head up a little bit. Let me, let me, let me get in on that a little bit more. And really. <laughs> and uh, she's like, God, you're still looking at this thing. I'm like, yeah. You're I've done. You I will about this. always be looking at it. You're done. Yeah. You know, but she's an absolute champ and 100% trooper and by far one of the best clients I've ever had. So don't forget so to make another. And I'm not have, just saying that because she's within listening distance. <laughs> <laughs> so I have one more that I, you'll be able to see the lady. Yep. Let me spot right later. next to it, basically. And this is on the back of the knee going into the ditch. Yep. Yep. Can you zoom in a little bit more? What part? Just the, t- the I, t- that tattoo itself. If you can zoom in just a little bit more, maybe put it closer to the camera or something. Yeah, I think the glare is fucking there with it go. too because me looking at the screen, it's like losing a bunch of the blues that are in the jacket. Yeah. So it's not very big, right? Uh, it's pretty damn big. It's probably... It's it's bigger than my hand. That's for sure. Can you hold? Can you hold that like, up one more time, please? And bring it if closer. you look at it like that, you can see the back of her leg right there. Yeah. Now move it closer to the camera. There you go. There you go. Okay. Okay. So you got it. The the drape or his cloak kind of cusping the bottom of the horse and stuff. Yeah, I like framing things out so they can end up standing on their own as much as they can. I think what are you using to uh, color that? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ricardo. I was going to say, I think right away, the first thing I see is like the bottom portion of it. It all looks like with the hand on my end, on mine and the rose, like they're kind of falling into the same field. You know what I mean? Like kind of falling into the same plane. So I think if there is a little bit like more. Down there at the bottom on the cloak and shit. Yeah, it's the first place my eye goes because it's such a dark shape down there. You know what I mean? Um, I think I would have separated that cloak a little bit more with some more negative space against that darkness of the bottom of the belly on the horse and stuff too. What do you guys think? And then maybe just a little bit more like simple shapes where the muscle, where the muscle tone, the muscle tone, <laughs> where the muscle tone for the horse would be, you know, cause it looks kind of rounded. Everything looks kind of rounded. I think I'd focus a little bit more on some of the angles of the muscle tone when you're using those like lighter, those lighter shades and stuff like that too. First place my eye goes is to that that very vibrant red spot um, yeah. down right. I think that's the saddle, correct? Yeah, it's the little yeah. blanket underneath them. And the contrast is crazy on the screen compared to me looking at my phone. Right, yeah, right. Right. So that's immediately where my eye goes um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's the most intense color there. Um, it's the most vibrant. And it's the only place where that red occurs. So in order to balance that out, um, or maybe you could have toned it down by adding in like maybe doing a darker red or something a bit more muted down, that would have allowed the yellow and the blue in the coat to come forward a little bit more, to be a little bit more intense. Um, And it would have really helped that orange stand out a little bit more. Um, I mean, I could go back in and throw a little bit darker red in there as well. That's a great point, too. Yeah. 
I'm also noticing that there's not really too much black shading in that spot, which is part of the reason why I think that red is so vibrant. But okay. you've got a bit of dark shading in the pumpkin itself. Uh, personal opinion, I think if you had gone through and left the dark shading out of the pumpkin, but put it into that saddle area, it would have helped the, the absolute vibrance of that pumpkin really jump forward a bit more. But it all okay. depends on where you want people to look, right? If you want the emphasis to be on the pumpkin, on the lantern and the headless the head of the headless horseman itself, make that the most vibrant, brightest area. You know, if you want people to look at, say you threw some bright red in the eyes of the horse, right? And that's where you wanted people to look was at the head of the horse and have the headless horseman second. I would have made that, you know, obviously a bit bigger, which it is, but I would have put a lot more detail and a lot more value into that. Um, so you can move the per you can move the viewer's eye around an area based on intensity of color, where your black and gray shading is, um, where color is, because you've got a lot of black and gray there. So immediately your eye is going to be drawn to colorful areas. Um, so you can really kind of tell people where to look at a piece just by the intensity of the color, right? If you want it to be more subdued, like, oh, I don't want people to look there. Cool. Use a muted tone, use a muted red, use a muted blue. Uh, maybe keep the yellows and oranges more vibrant. Um, if you want people to look at the horse more, you know, keep all of the colors muted with a bit more black and gray shading, and then keep the horse itself as a bit more of a lighter tone and a lighter value. That could help bring that forward a little bit more. Um, that's just kind of like immediately where my eye goes and what I'm seeing from it. Um, but that's once again, that's my two cents um, and my opinion. So, yeah. No, absolutely. And it's, I appreciate any of the constructive criticism that I can get from you guys. I yeah. think that um, the, I, I definitely agree with the, uh, the red standing out, just like a little bit of shading over top of it. Cause, you know, you got to figure that cloak's coming in front of the saddle, right? And you want the top yes. part of the saddle to kind of like round off and disappear behind him instead of just being, you know, like that forward shape. Um, so, you know, if I would leave, I would shade from the top part of that saddle down to the, you know, to the bottom part there and fade out that, you know, just going with maybe like, even like, a, even though if you would use a dark red or like just black and then just kind of like we were talking about earlier, like feathering it off, like lifting your hand up and feathering it out a little bit, you know, um, to emphasize that shadow. And that's a deep area. Right. Like that's that's the inside of the cape behind the horse. Yeah. Um, so you want that to really kind of mellow out there. And then as far as the pumpkin. So here's a trick that I learned recently with like uh, having things that are like lit up from the inside. Here's doing a um, play on the before critting where like the, the eyes of the pumpkin were glowing. I couldn't get the first time I saw them come back. It didn't look like they were glowing that much. So I recommend. You're breaking up on oh, us, man. Is, you know, any object that's going to be glowing like that. Uh, now, oh, now you're better. Up? Now you're better. Okay. Anything that's anything that's going to be glowing from the inside, right? Like the outside of that is going to be darker, right? So like the value that you have of the, the eyes and the mouth, it's almost like the same intensity. Like if you were to make that picture in black and white, you know, how much separation are you going to get 
between the eyes yeah. and the mouth and, and the pumpkin. So what I recommend is maybe like take like a line, like a loose five or something, or, or like a, you know, some small shader, like round shader and make the, make it a little bit darker on the one, on the one edge as, as the pumpkin's rounding around, but also like the, the center of those pillows, like how, you know, a pumpkin kind of pillows out and then dips into the yeah. line and pillows out. Right. Like, so the center of that gets a little bit darker, but then the edges of it, the orange gets a little bit brighter. And as it moves towards the front of the horses, uh, to the front, towards the horse's head, the orange gets more and more intense. And don't be afraid, like what, what Ricardo was saying earlier, like, just like, sh don't try to, it's such a small area. I wouldn't try to blend so much, like just pack it in. You know what I mean? Don't be shy about it. Make it darker on the one side. And then those eyes will get brighter, you know, because the pumpkin itself will be darker. It'll still look orange. You're still going to get that intense type of feel to it, but you'll notice it even more. You know, like, so especially the really quick, the so like that darker orange in the corner, like right there. I'm really bad at doing mirrored stuff. Um, like basically just like gradient that out into something even brighter instead of trying to have the definition that's in there. No, I would go darker with that edge, like, like on that backside. So let's call it the like that's the backside of the pumpkin's head, right? Like, and as it moves yeah. towards the front you know the the face the carved out part that's the front of it so the backside edge there i i would have that, that very dark you know i, I would have no variance in, in in color on that like no no fading or anything as it moves a, more towards the front those edges are going to be the, the edge of the pumpkin like where that the line of the i guess the the contour line of the pumpkin gets dark on that back edge of the line but as it moves towards the front part where it pillows out a little bit it gets it gets more orange and less black. And you do that as it moves towards the front and you're gonna have a gradient where each is gonna be less in black as it moves towards the front. And then just rock the orange right over top of it. You know, um, cause that backside edge, it's it's just like you, like um, it should just be like a harder, darker edge to it. You know what I mean? And, and it, by making that portion of the pumpkin darker as it moves forward, and you're adding those dark values to it, the eyes and the mouth will light up more. Yeah, I experienced this with I using a totally black I totally see what right you're there. saying. I yeah, totally I see what you're talking about. All right, yeah, mine was in black and gray and I, I was having the issue. I saw, I, I was doing a sleeve. So I did some of the pumpkins and then I got to take a look at it when it came back and I was like, they just don't, like it's not reading right. So I just went balls in and just like so, almost solid black on the backside of these things and like it made the pumpkins themselves, the exterior of the pumpkin darker. And man, the eyes and the face just lit right up. And it's such a recognizable shape that, yeah. you know, you don't need much detail in there. You just want those eyes and that mouth to really stand out, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it looks no, really, yeah, it, it's, it's a fun design though, too. And don't, don't be afraid to vary line weights throughout it. You know what I mean? Like with the, the front leg of the horse and then the hair of the horse and all that, you know? Yeah, I did, yeah. I did a little bit of some difference, not too yeah. much. I didn't want it to be too dramatic. Right, right. Like, I think that that line weight on the front um, hoof That's or ankle, good. yeah, I think that could almost even be carried up and tapered into the chest, too. Yeah, yeah like yeah. up over yonder. Yeah, toward yeah. A little bit, yeah, a little bit more to our left. So that would be your right, yeah. Yeah. And that um, the belt that goes under the horse, like the saddle thing, treat that like Ricardo was saying earlier, you know, I would treat 
treat that portion of it the same way that you're going to treat the saddle and that that portion is wrapping around right like so we don't need to see that the belt is separate from the belly at that point because it's all dark i was gonna say yeah so i could smooth it out right over make here and yeah, bring yeah, it up make, like that yeah the same value yeah because then that belt comes out of the shadow no that yes. makes sense it's kind of like why is the belt uh lighter than the rest of the belly right there if it's yeah. so dark right the whole thing should just be that same value yeah. so no that's for a, sure that's a palsy design for the back of the knee man that's yeah i, I can't stand getting the back of my knee tattooed so yeah, she's yeah, like, you're doing my whole leg. So this is there you go. This is a great learning opportunity though, because I did this. I mean, we started it when I was probably like a year into tattooing, and we're like just finishing it now. Awesome. Yeah. So you're seeing yeah. a progression in your own piece. Yeah, exactly. And even just like as the pieces are going on, because she got like my third tattoo I ever did, and then she got some other ones that you know we did in not shot areas um so she's been through the whole fucking process since the beginning so i'm it's pretty cool to see the whole healing process i've used three different inks with her so even just seeing how that ages is pretty cool yeah you know the only other thing that i would suggest too and like you're in it now but i think whenever you approach some of these designs you know what i mean it's it's a good idea to kind of use the reference but kind of start drawing it the way that you would see to make it, make it fit the space and make it be a little bit more effective too. So you can kind of implement those, those uh, effects that you're trying to achieve, which is like the glowing pumpkin and stuff like that. So like, what you would want to do is kind of draw it in the sense of what's priority. You know what I mean? A guy talks about this a lot is like prioritizing the subject matter. You know what I mean? So like bringing some things, making them a little bit larger than what they are normally in as far as the reference goes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like just kind of redrawing it and reapproaching it to where it would make a little bit more sense and be a little bit more effective, so you can get those achievable effects that you're trying to trying to trying to make happen. Does that make absolutely. sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like no, completely. Exaggeration, right? Exaggeration. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't be afraid to exaggerate it for sure. Because, like, that was one of the things that I always struggled at with at the very beginning of tattooing, where you're at too. Is like, I have to make it look the way that it does in the picture. You know what I mean? And my eye goes when I was doing that a lot. You know, depending on the the printer if it printed off light, then my tones would be light because of it. You know what I mean? Cause I was trying to match it exactly. You know what I mean? But yeah, you have to kind of yeah. like, just, just try to bump up the contrast, try to bump up all the, the priority as far as the, the subject matter goes. So that's one thing to take into consideration whenever you start approaching these, uh, these next few projects for yourself too. Like what you got oh, yeah. going on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, so just make some of the things more focal points. You know what I mean? Where do you want Absolutely. people? What do you want them to see more? And like, what isn't really that important? Like the dissipation of that horse's body, that that stomach area, you know, it takes up a large portion of the tattoo itself. And it didn't really have to be like that. Like the 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 cape could have taken over a little bit more of the negative space and stuff like that to kind of help kind of help cut it off or like frame it out, you know. So that's something to think about, like as far as what your elements that you're next dealing time. with. And next time, exactly, exactly. Next yeah. Time. yeah but it's cool that you have a client like that that's willing to work with you and stuff, you know, because that's what it's all about is like you have to learn one way or another. You know what I mean? So um, and the cool part yeah. with the uh, the iPads and Procreate is that you can kind of take a picture of the area and draw it in a couple different versions and see what works best, too. Yeah, no, I'm I'm super stoked. I love the constructive criticism I got today too. I really appreciate that shit. And I mean, seeing the progression that I've made even since last year at the same time, it's just, it's 
gets me excited to see what comes next year even you know absolutely yeah man well yeah. thanks for being open thanks for being open to the interpretation of it you know what i mean because that's that was one of the hardest parts for me early on dude was like even subjecting myself to the criticism to the critiques you know what i mean um it was impossible for me to do you know what i mean so the fact that you can ask questions like that and be willing and, and susceptible in a vulnerable way as far as like because as, as artists man we take it so personally sometimes you know but if you can kind of put that aside and keep taking critiques and stuff like that, man, you're going to see a lot more growth a lot faster too. And I figure, I mean, you guys know what you're talking about. So I like <laughs> well, to take pointers from that shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well keep in mind too, that those, oppor- those opportunities for us to, to talk about this kind of stuff are, you know, like if somebody's asking us and, and we're offering con- constructive criticism it works just the same as if we were asking somebody else for constructive criticism on our work because when you have those conversations it just reinforces all of that all that knowledge yeah absolutely so i really appreciate you guys i am i got a tattoo that i need to be at the shop for in 22 minutes so i will talk to you guys later well man um before you go actually this is a uh, a chance for some critique um, I'm going to throw one up that I'm working on. It's a flash design that I'm taking to the show with me. And I wanted to kind of get everyone's opinion on this. Solid. Solid. Uh, spotlight. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fucking very saturated. It's super bright. I love that negative space around the black with the teal contrasting the pink and stuff. You know what I mean? And the green even. Like it even works with the green down at the bottom. So, cause you have it separated with that shadowed kind of green. Right. Um, uh, but I think the question is like, where would you put it? And then would you do anything else with the background? So, and that's something I've been playing with. I was thinking about doing some like light sweeps with like some blue instead of doing like the teal halo around it. Uh, maybe getting rid of like, uh, if I got rid of that, and then just kind of did like, you know, maybe even just some like light, like royal blue sweeps coming in the background just to help create a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, put water in there like that. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, man. Like, and then have some of the water, some of the waves come, some of the waves come from behind the flower to those in front of the stem and in front of the petals. And then have the other ones behind it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you gotta, try to think of a way to like finish it off. And I would definitely do like some waves and stuff. Just some and motion. Then, yeah. The flower itself yeah. is killer. Yeah. yeah. Having the motion in the background is going to help pull it together immensely for sure. Yeah. Yo, Jason, have, have one of those uh, strips, like the water go over that back pedal, but behind yeah. the stem and the front pedal. It's on the bottom. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so now you're like yeah. you're talking like something like this. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, but then yeah, coming the in and out. Yeah. Then behind the stem. Yeah, I would go behind the stem and then have other water come down in front of the stem on the bottom to finish it off like just a couple of finger waves. So you're getting like different layers, you know what I mean? So it looks like parts of the flower are coming through different parts of the water. All right, all right. I see what yes, you're saying. I added a lot. 
So I was considering doing something like a finger wave here. Yeah, on the front side there. On the bottom though, have it come yeah. like come from behind that flower, like a like a down instead of an overhead thing. Have it come down, like and back up again, like a U. Okay. Well, y'all have a good one though, because I do have to get out of right, here. Have a have a good yeah, day, man. bud. Have a good one. See y'all next Sunday. All yeah. right, peace out. Well, next Sunday we might not be doing this just because I'll be at the show. Uh, oh, so okay. depending well, on what I have Sunday lined after. up, I might do a, a webcast, but it all kind of depends on the internet there. So no, dude, you enjoy yourself, have a good time, and uh I, good I always do. <laughs> I know you're the the person that has the toxic trait of making other people have a good time with you, right? I do, you know, <laughs> and it's it's a it's a curse. You know, it really is. It's a burden. But, you know, if, if that's my cross to bear, it is. You hey, know, oh, I'll uh, take it, dude. I'd rather have that toxic trait than some of the other ones we could list off. But y'all oh, have a good yeah. one. Have take care, bud. Man. See you. Later, bud. Yeah, I'm going to get going, too. Yeah, we're about at that time. So let me go through. Um, Ricardo, I'm going to spotlight you. And just tell everyone how we can get a hold of you. What's up, everybody? My name is Ricardo Sertivant. Uh, you can reach me on Instagram at the same name, Ricardo Sertivant. Um, uh, feel free to uh, reach out, DM me, say what's up. Um, and Jason, is a pl- it's always a pleasure being here, man. Seth, it's great to see you again. Uh, you guys have a good well. day. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yep. And um, Seth, we'll bump over to you. Tell us how we can get a hold of you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Seth Mushrush, uh, spelled exactly how it sounds. Um, I have a, a website, uh, SethMushrushArt.com. Uh, either one of those are fine. And you can uh, find me at um, Baker Street Tattoo in Media PA and also the Gallery Tattoo Studio in Concord, Massachusetts. Um, nice. Always a pleasure, Jason. Thank you so much. Great conversation today. I agree. I agree. And um, let me move over to myself. And thanks a lot, everyone, for tuning in today. As always, if you like today's episode, hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, drop a comment. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything you want us to talk about on upcoming episodes, as always, leave a comment. We'll be sure to check those. And um, yeah, we'll be able to discuss anything you want. Until then, I uh, hope everyone keeps their hands moving. I uh, hope you guys like today's session. And if we don't see you next weekend for episode 103, uh, we'll see you the following weekend. So until then, take care, be safe, and um, yeah, keep creating. Yeah. All right, peace out.